Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you every Thursday night. We love seeing you live on Facebook or on YouTube. So if you're there, drop us a line and say hi. If not, watch us later. That's cool too. And um, we love all the interaction. And you know what? We don't bring it up enough, but you can email us at themasonicroundtable at gmail.com. Uh, we do check that, that account pretty regularly. So if you have one of these weird questions, we'd love to hear it. Uh, let's see. Who am I? You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. And next up for his introduction is Jason Richards. Hello and good evening, Jason. Wait. Hello. There's two of you. Three. Three. That's like a that's like a mad, mad scientist, evil genius stroke of a cat you got there. Maniacal out. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, Jason Richards here with Mary, uh, past master of Vacation Lodge number sixteen in Clifton, Virginia, member of the Colonial Lodge number eighteen twenty one in Washington D.C., and member of Lafayette number seventy nine in Zanesville, Ohio. And what's the cat's name? I introduced her. No, this cat. This cat to to your right, our left. Oh, that cat. Oh, me. Hi, my name is uh, Nicholas Lane. I wish brother Nicholas Lane, past master of Castle and Virtual Lodge, past master of uh, Burlington Lodge number one six five of the Lodge Canada Province of Ontario, and uh, master elect for Endeavor Virtual Lodge out of Victoria, Australia. Woo! Here live. Yeah. Nice. It's good to see you again because we had no one. No CGI. No CS. It's a hologram. <laughs> no, we've, uh, it's, man, it's been years since we've probably had you on, Nicholas. So it's good to have you back. Yes. Awesome. So I'm glad cool. to be here, gentlemen. Right. And um, it's it's fitting because tonight is one of the uh, the tech nerd episodes of, of TMR. So we probably lost half our viewers right there. Um, but before we get into that, I want to thank all the patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys are awesome. If you want to uh, get some behind-the-scenes stuff and support the show for many years to come, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable, and that helps us uh, keep, thing, keep things going and uh, invite our Canadian brother brother to uh, stay with Jason. So, very cool. Awesome. I can, well, I would offer that up and if people didn't pay us money for GMR. No. no. <laughs> pay up or the... conflating two, two separate pay things. Pay up or the Canadian gets it. <laughs> oh, I say nothing. Don't be sad. It's okay. You're so polite. I am. <laughs> Did I say sorry yet? That's what we do as Canadians. That's sorry. Right. Uh, representing our brothers to the north very well. So tonight's episode is one that uh, it, it's it's interesting because you know we we have our usual vocations as well, and you're going to see us weave some of those things. And you've heard you've heard me talk about agile and, and Freemasonry. Um, got some background in the tech sector and Jason uh, is with his new role has really been nerding out on artificial intelligence and uh, the limited experience I have of that there's some really cool things that you can do with the evolving field that is AI and so tonight we're going to talk about what are some of the applications 
of AI to Freemasonry. How could that be used today? Or what are some really cool things that, if if trained well, that we the insights that we could get out of our fraternity by the application of this new and interesting tool? So really, the first question hey, there's the there's the further question that we'll get to later oh, on if we can truly recreate a strong AI or artificial consciousness, could that consciousness ever be deemed a worthy and qualified brother Mason? To find out the answer, you got to stick around to the end of the show. So yep. let's get Can to the fun Jarvis? part. Jarvis. Ooh. Ultron. You got to think of a really good Masonic um, <laughs> AI brother name. So... Hiram's too easy. You got to find some something else that would be really kind of cool. But you can't spell Hiram without. Well, we know what the AI, AI. master password is going to be. Password. <laughs> One, two, admin. three, four, five. Yeah, admin. All right, Jason. What is AI? That's probably a good place to start for our uh, non-techie brothers. What is it? What does it do for <laughs> us? Why are we even talking about this? So, ultimately, if you look at the past. For a 30, even 20 years of history, the advent of the internet, the, you know, the information superhighway has over the past several decades given us access to more data than previously imaginable. And part of an unintended consequence of the mountains upon mountains of data that we find ourselves awash in today is mankind trying to figure out how to better make sense of all of it and how to better automate processes. And um, because, you know, it, it very much got to the point where, you know, we, we can't do all of the things that we need to do manually as as humans with all the calculations and our technology and all of the data that we want to analyze and sift through and so one one answer to to how we make sense of the world around us today is artificial intelligence now artificial intelligence little bit of of a misnomer you know it's it's technology that appears to learn and think like humans do um, and that's, that's very much, you know, uh, something to be termed as like weak AI. There's, there is a concept within AI called strong AI, which is, you know, things that, you know, Elon Musk is pushing toward, um, you know, an artificial intelligence that actually is completely mimics the human consciousness to the point where it's, it's indistinguishable between the two. Um, and that, that does not exist yet. Um, but AI in and of itself is kind of a, a blanket term that has four, uh, progressive sub components within it. So I was going to think of is, like a is AI one thing, many things. Ultimately it's, both. So if you think of a Russian nesting doll or a matryoshka, you have, you know, AI is the outer layer. And then you pull off that outer layer, and a subcomponent of AI is machine learning. And you pull that off, subcomponent to that is um, deep learning. 
And then the subcomponent to that is the neural network, which is essentially the building block of, of artificial intelligence. And so, you know, going at kind of the most fundamental piece of, of artificial intelligence is something called a, a neural network. Essentially, you know, it's an algorithm that essentially offers or, or it operates on kind of four components. There's an input. There is a weight to the inputs. There is bias toward and away certain inputs and a threshold. Um, and, you know, a set of rules on what happens if the threshold is exceeded or isn't met. Um, and an output. And so essentially, you can think of a neural network as a choose your own adventure book. So um, there we go. I love those perfect. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, make a bunch of if then decisions, and then you get out something that ostensibly is different from what you put in. When you, you know, when you get to deep, which is kind of that, that next layer up, deep learning is really essentially a neural network with three or more layers. And so you start layering these neural networks on top of each other and they get much more complex. So like you string and the inputs and outputs together so you can really create some complicated multiple path, multiple spaghetti kind of diagrams. Okay. So it's, it's the idea is that it's mesh. like networks of neurons in your brain all feeding off of each other. Yeah. And so as you make the learning more complex with more neural nets, that allows the capability to start learning and adjusting weights, measures, and biases on the fly, which is really the, the core of, you know, AI and machine learning. Moving, moving up a layer to machine learning, you have kind of two main types. You've got the, the classical or like non-deep machine learning. Um, this is machine learning that is wholly dependent on human intervention. There's always a human in the loop. Um, you think of, think of this like your CAPTCHAs. Um, if you didn't know, every time that you have to prove you're not a robot by clicking all of the tiles, you are a human training no. an AI algorithm. No, the, I just need to prove that I can tell where, where traffic lights are. Yeah, or the boat. Don't forget the boat. Or the boats. The boat. What, what a the bus looks crosswalk, like. A crosswalk. A train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so where do you, you, are, you are actually labeling images right. to train a computer vision set of uh, deep learning. And actually, fun fact, it goes back even earlier than that, because uh, the first version of CAPTCHA, if you remember, it had like the, the wavy letters, because yes. what it actually what it started with, it was always two words. There was a word that was pretty easy to read, and then there was this like word that looked a little smudged. And so mm -hmm. the, the company behind it, which I think was acquired by Google, not 100% sure, um, they knew what the one word was, and they didn't know what the fuzzy word was. And so if, if you typed in the two words 
correctly and it, it knew that you matched the first one so it assumed you matched the second one correctly and therefore you actually trained its book OCR scanning tool so as it was, Google was yes. searching all the books it didn't it couldn't translate into you know digital text what this uh, written text was you actually trained it that way as that's well just by fuzzy. that's why it was fuzzy because it was scanned in poorly or, or sideways or crooked yeah so this has been going on for a long Training. time yeah no training optical character recognition ocr the foundation to nlp which is natural natural language processing mm-hmm. i i guess they're they're two separate things nlp is is much more complex but um that's so classical non-deep machine learning is doing captchas, labeling images and words um, to then use that as training data for the uh, machine learning algorithm. There's also deep machine learning, and this is machine learning based on um, the machine actually taking a either a set of training um, that is fed into it or just feeding your straight data into the machine and uh, or into the machine learning algorithm and algorithm making sense of it and categorizing the different data as it sees fit. And that, that is deep machining learning predicated on little to no human intervention. And that's still a bit short, right? It's, 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 it is. <clears throat> it's getting there. It is ultimately with deep machine learning, um, you constantly have to tune and tweak the models, and you have to feed it a ton of training data. Well, and that's that's the real real catch right there, right? So this AI stuff is not it's not easy. I mean, the the, the algorithms and tools and techniques have evolved. Where now we have large computing that can do this stuff rather quickly to put these pieces together. However, you can't just throw something at it and then magic happens right there's a lot of training that needs to go with that um because uh, as i've heard it explained right a computer doesn't know what the rules are it doesn't know if you're let's just say you're doing images and you want to feed it images of squares and compasses right it, it doesn't know what a square is it doesn't know what a compass is and so you need to feed it many images some with squares and compasses some without and train it by saying these are squares and compasses, these are not. And you have to do that, I don't know, a couple of million times before it actually becomes accurate enough that it's yeah, maybe a little bit higher, right? <laughs> Depending on the... No, the, no, no. It's, it's on the order of hundreds of thousands of times. Yeah. Right. But so then it can be reliable enough where you can do a Google search for squares a compass and it, it comes up you know automatically uh, not through human data labeling mm-hmm. yeah yeah so go go into Google do an image search for square and compass that's a machine learning algorithm in Google that is returning all of those stock images of squares and compasses yeah, and that's the thing if a new if, if I were to draw a square and compass and put it on the internet today, Right as it gets indexed by Google, I don't need to label it anymore. It used to require Google used to read all the additional behind-the-scenes text of uh, web pages to, to try and correlate. Oh, this is a, a Freemason page, so that must be a square and compass. No more now. 
the uh, the um, computer vision has completely taken over, and they're actually able to do that um, reliably now. So when you yeah, when you think AI, about deep machine learning, you can also think about like virtual assistants, mm -hmm. like virtual bots, yeah. Siri, Alexa, chatbots, things yeah. like that. Yeah, we use those every day, and that's the other thing too. Like AI sounds futuristic. Uh, it's being used a lot more. <coughs> Pretty much, in, in, oh, I'll tell I'll tell you another cool cool fact that you probably didn't know about AI. Uh, McDonald's. If you ever go to a McDonald's now that has a digital um, ordering board, you know when you're talking to the machine and it, it puts your order up on the board. Guess what? They're using AI uh, on the board because um, I could probably find the article. What they're doing is they're showing different menu items at different times of the day at different locations to see what's more profitable, what sells more, what you what interests uh, that patron at that location more. So literally, AI and McDonald's, like you would never put those two words together, and yet it exists today um, for how they're, they're training um, profitability and, you know, a customer service. So it's happening. It, it's all around us. And it's, uh, but good AI should be invisible, right? It shouldn't be frustrating. It, it should be helpful. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, if we abstract things out to the final layer, that final layer is artificial intelligence or AI. It's, it's the broadest term we have to, to classify machines or systems or algorithms that mimic human intelligence. Um, we've got, you know, three main categories in science today of artificial intelligence. There's ANI, AGI, and ASI, artificial narrow intelligence, also known as weak AI. And this is what, you know, Siri and Alexa and uh, your rocket chat chatbot all run off of Google and artificial system. narrow intelligence. There's also artificial general intelligence and artificial super intelligence. And the last two are considered strong AI, and neither of them actually exist yet. So where do we put Watson? I Watson. So I would classify Watson as mm -hmm. I would classify Watson as ANI. Watson was originally designed to play chess. Right. And so, you know, weak AI is defined by its ability to complete a very specific task. Now, Watson has grown quite a bit. Um, but, you know, Still for, sits there, yeah. for me, it's, it's becoming more complex and more advanced, but it's still limited in its functionality. And when I, when I see strong AI, I see AI fungibility and application across disciplines, being able to, to actively say, okay, you know, what happens if I apply this logic in this completely other situation? All right, and that's, so that's what I think human beings, you know, one of the things that sets human cognition apart um, is the ability to rapidly, there, there are certain things that you're really, really good at. There are certain things that humans really aren't good at. Our ability to problem solve and apply 
you know, things across different perspectives and disciplines is what sets us apart. Now, humans are really, really bad at like, but both like counting blocks or looking for patterns in data. Like the things that are super repetitive and boring, humans are terrible at. This is where deep learning and um, machine learning can come in because computers are very, very good at calculating things. Very good at boring things. Patterns. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very good at doing the same thing uh, millions of times. (laughs) There was a deep learning algorithm I read about a couple months ago that I think was designed for like pastry, categorizing breakfast pastry. And when applied to cancer imagery was able to actually be a very, very accurate, more accurate than humans um, identifier of like precancerous cells just because computers are so, so good at picking out patterns. Yeah. And that, so and what does this all mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. so before we get to that, like, so then where, what, what applications are, is AI being used for today? So then we can make that, that jump into Freemasonry because, you know, you can't just apply AI for like my blender, right? Not yet at least. So there's, there's gotta be good applications for it. Like, uh, reading images, reading text, um, inferring you know, choices. Um, you know, there's analyzing data, forecasting trends. Forecasting trends—that's a good good use case. Like analyzing data, forecasting trends, looking at leading and lagging indicators of activity. Mm-hmm. Like the thing—the thing that pops to my mind invariably in this case is okay john you're the membership data guru right what if we were able to record all of these indicators of activity brethren who attend lodge who didn't attend lodge who didn't pay their dues on time who pay their dues ahead um who were in one day classes uh the time between their degrees what if we were able to feed that data into a deep learning algorithm and uh, or even, frankly, a, uh, you know, a, a classical you know, machine learning algorithm and just look for the patterns. Like, could we as an organization identify the members who were most at risk for demitting, most at risk for yeah. going and payment of dues? Yeah, that's fascinating, right? Uh, I mean, geez, if nothing else, it would, it would like provide, I wouldn't say it would, would conclude because there's always some brother who's going to have uh, something to say, but it would end that argument of, you know, are one day Masons, are they, are they better Masons or are they longer lasting Masons or whatever, right? But we, we, we would be able to put all that in, look for trends, look for patterns um, and do that across jurisdictions. Man, that would be great. Um, yeah. Cause, cause you know, step one is right. Getting that data. And loading it in there, and yeah. then and then finding, Teaching. yeah, training it with with all of the the Grand Lodge membership data, to then to then look for um, patterns of you know raising date 
plus when they join dependent bodies does that does that uh, have a correlation with uh, you know attendance and lodge and all that stuff I mean that would be fascinating to do and you could do it all without uh, you know having to build huge pivot tables like I've done in the past right because that's the thing right before you'd have to know specifically <clears throat> the pattern you're looking for when you have all this data pulled together in a big in a big uh, huge database and I want to say let me filter down this column and let me filter this and try to see is there a pattern and then there's still some human cognition left to interpret that data yeah. where a lot of this stuff could be done near instantly could we could we one day use deep learning to calculate the optimal dues structure and per capita structure to ensure the solvency of the lodge and the grand lodge based on the membership see that's fascinating because you got you got me thinking there because let's go back to the the mcdonald's signage right what they're doing is they're running millions of tests a day yeah because of based on location time and order what the order comes mm -hmm. to be and they are optimizing uh what what seems to be either the most profitable or the, or the best selling items of that time frame and so imagine if you had your virtual secretary right that you got the dues card based off of all this criteria that you give in right and it, it could give you a different due structure that could you know uh, be best for the lodge at that time be best for you at that time uh, yeah that's just fascinating right I think, I think an AI for a secretary would be perfect given that most secretaries don't show emotion. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Otter.ai is one of my favorite um, transcription yes. tools. Right? Yeah. So Otter.ai will let you either have an open mic in a meeting and then just let it um, pull yeah. people's conversations and then transcribe it, some in real time, some it punts to the cloud to Post clean up. Yeah. And and it uses artificial intelligence to then spit back a, a cleaner transcript. Um, and what it's already doing now is it um, it'll even give you minute summaries, right? So you can have uh, you know an hour long conversation, and it can actually um, summarize at least keywords and the like from that meeting. So it would make for a lot shorter reading of the minutes, I'm sure. One of the things that I really, really want to do at some point. I, I have no idea how I would even start doing it is you've, you've seen these news articles and these, these things on Reddit where someone trains, you know, a, a convolutional neural network on like a hundred hours of Batman movies. And then it has the AI create its own Batman movie. Um, I would love to to train a CNN on all of the TMR episodes that we've had to date and then have it write its own episode of Masonic on Table. Man, Wake Up Sheeple 33 would just would just their, their head would explode based on this. That would be funny. Wouldn't it be fun to do the uh, take a look at all the ritual and see the commonality and the differences? 
across jurisdictions and countries. Do yeah, that's, AI that's and fascinating. Led to say, okay, yeah, so what does that look like from a ritual perspective? <laughs> and see the yeah. commonality and the differences, right? It would get to Scotland. It was just, it would just break. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, you'd have this anyway. But I mean, look, yes, I mean, Scotland has like a hundred different rituals. Well, look, you you read a, bo a great I book mean, that's, that's researched, yes. like um, agree. Like of uh, the Mason's words um, by um, Robert Davis, where he actually mm -hmm. traces a lot of the the lineage of Preston and Webb, and how they even passed on their their ritual schools down to other instructors yep. that went around the country. Um, you know that you then it would be neat to then to your point, uh, Nicholas, see where the ritual carries across jurisdiction and like find mm. over time. Which rituals sound the same? Yeah, yeah, you could you could trace uh, basically you could trace the uh, geography of ritual. That just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, we've all been probably reading different jurisdictional ritual, and you're like, "What's well, interesting? Why'd yeah. they do that?" Your mileage may vary you know? in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think there's there's lots of places for it. I think even when you think about how to help mentor people, how about AI help mentor? Yes, right. You're trying to mentor people, and we can't get a good mentor. Well, let's train an AI bot to go out and mentor the new guy, and then depending on how you answer questions, it can ramp up and ramp down where you're going to go. That would be cool for me. So, so that that's Remove interesting. The, uh, so an Alexa skill right. mm -hmm. wants to pull over that needs to watch this episode. <laughs> Page into into Alexa one. skill. Yeah, and, and so that's oh, interesting we'll because it, yeah, because yeah, I, I love, love my Google Assistant, right? And sometimes just playing around with it, you know, you you can have a conversation with it. And it, it tries yeah. to ask you follow up questions and it can even tell like from what I've heard and just kind of played around with like it can tell if you're having a bad day and it'll say like tell me more and like you know yeah, can, yeah. do you need any help and like wow because that that would be great to to turn that into like a, a mentor skill right to say you know uh it's just yeah. could you imagine if your if your ai could help you with ritual oh my gosh long lecture that's 17 pages long what's and ai good for? always the time why does the word always <coughs> what's go ai bad. good for good for re repeatable Exactly. Processes. Yep. It's the same thing all the time. It says to you, why'd you do that? No, yeah. that's the wrong word again, you goofy guy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It so doesn't those are my hit, top three. It doesn't hit you with the book hard enough like uh, like my mentor did. <laughs> you got it wrong. Well, we could, though. Smack. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We just have to have the robot. You... <laughs> we'll just... Yeah, and then you can put, uh, then then you can train the AI for the robot on the types of smacks that elicit the most favorable cognitive response. Oh, I like it. Suncard19 in the YouTube chat has a great idea. Maybe the AI could synthesize a ritual that provides for the largest retention of membership. Mm, that's a good one. So the ritual will change based on... Oh, no, we can't do that. Don't uh, say change. That's bad. It's, a, it's innovation. Some custodian the work is crazy. No, no, no. Let the ritual just fit the best, and then 
Freeze it for at least a year. Preston's rolling in his grave right now. Yes. <laughs> so the the concern there, though, is that, and I know this is semantics, but I'm going to put the stake in the ground anyway. Um, there is so much more to the degree experience than just the words on the page. And so delivery is delivery is important as well. And so if we were going to try to find an optimal ritual, we would need to pair that with training an AI to find an optimal delivery. No, that's up to us. <laughs> we need neural night. We're in a little chip that, that helps oh, us me do in. that delivery. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So the fascinating thing about a lot of these use cases is that they're really not outside of the reach of pretty much any any mason because uh, i mean th some of these tools are cheap and available today i mean just uh preparing a little little bit that i know about things like um amazon web services right you've got they have a whole category of ai yes. services exactly. yeah, yeah right there right it's kind of scary there. actually yeah and, and the cool part about i mean about some of these okay so for pennies on the dollar, because this doesn't cost a lot, it's all running on the, the, the Amazon cloud. You know, analyze images and videos. Okay, so what would you what would you do here? Like, John, it's not pennies on the dollar. If you couldn't hear, Nicholas no, trust me, I've been doing work. It's not pennies on the dollar. Let's be pretending. Let's it's, pretend it's inexpensive. Keep going. Let's pretend it's inexpensive. So I I want to say here the Masonic Roundtable is not liable for your AWS bill. Correct. <laughs> if you set up the free tier and then decide to go whole hog into SageMaker, like <laughs> yeah, Just make sure that you have your uh, Terraforms plug in, turning it off at about seven o'clock at night. Exactly. Don't leave and, them running. Uh, Don't leave them. Yeah, running. and set your budget threshold for the threshold. first alert. Yes. Five bucks. Did that. Five. Yeah. Just five. Okay. Just five bucks. Five disclaimer. Bucks. Disclaimer. Moving on. Gotcha. So, okay. okay. An analyze images and videos. How many video or pictures do we have in our lodge of our past masters, of uh, all the events we've ever been to, right? Could you imagine dumping all of those lodge pictures across the world into a big bucket, right? And then being able to say, find Jason Richards. And you'll show Jason's lodge events, lodge pictures he's been to around the world, right? Um, or to say, you know. Uh, yeah, basically, Facebook. Right. So instead yeah, of put, instead so. of having on Facebook keep servers. Going, keep going. Okay, okay. So, so then um, another one that I find fascinating is um, extracting text and data. Text right? data, yeah. Uh, so because. We even have things like, let me see if I, if, uh, where is it? Um, Kendra, is Kendra on here? She's on here somewhere. Um, it's there somewhere. Kendra, Kendra, Kendra. It starts with a K, ends with an Endra. There it is. Uh, Amazon Kendra, it, it uses a, a machine learning to yeah. basically you'd throw a whole bunch of text at it and then it makes it very easy to search and find and pull out that data. And by the way, you can just throw raw PDFs at it, uh, docs, raw text like you can throw the whole kitchen sink at it it will do the searching indexing and all that so imagine again if you had the ritual or if you had um, all these little knife and fork degrees and all that stuff you just dumped it into one big data lake and then you were able to just to, to search across that um, you could find patterns you could find um, quickly find 
specific thing. Like, hey, I don't. I remember there was a funeral service in one state that talked about you know the this other symbol that's that's unique to that state. You search for the symbol, boom, it's going to show you exactly where that is without having to organize your file folders or anything like that. It's going to do it on the fly pretty quick. So those, those are some really cool things that you can do today if you have the data to train it on. Yeah. So there's one thing we, we probably should talk about before we get to the artificial con consciousness piece, and that's ethical tech and ethics and AI, because that is something that is relatively new, but it's it's very, very big right now. Like, um, you know, I, Sunguard19 said, well, the Lodge can use AI to predict the quality of the year a candidate for master would provide for his Lodge. Like, where's, where's the boundary in, you know, using personally identifiable information and what could be considered private information um, to, you know, to provide insights to the fraternity and where, where is that line drawn and where should it be drawn? You want to use AI to vet a candidate? Nope. Like. Ooh. Nope. I concur. Ooh. I'm getting nope. the, the evil, the evil John is, is going going nope. down there <laughs> oh okay tell you what okay, let's 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 make it optimistic how about this use ai to enhance the uh investigation committee still have a human override so you're gonna get him to you're gonna get him to troll the internet for you using ai and using azure to go and look for all those things to see right. if buddy what's it's on the beach somewhere inappropriately whether that or let's let's be glass half full people because you can use any tool for evil right where are you storing that data eh, we'll figure how out how are you storing that data? it's an it's an open what happens if to continue you're... yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what happens if you don't uh encrypt your s3 bucket yeah it's fine don't worry about it just it's not it's not indexable right <laughs> Exactly. Sure, you go yet. Yet. They've got AI models for that, you know. And they're going to sell it next month in preview, but... <laughs> anyway, go back to your, 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 your concept there. I think what you're trying to say is, that, you know, back to ethicals. You know, there's a lot of ethics and morals that we don't want to make the boundary over, especially specifically in, in Lodge. And the example you gave is, you know, do we want to do that initial uh, candid review? I think there's a bunch of those things you would have to kind of look at and go, you know, we in, in lodges now bylaws to talk about how we're going to do social media. How do you think we're going to have machine learning components in your bylaws that says, okay, this is what we're going to do? Could you imagine Grand Lodge if you said, okay, we need machine one, learning? One of those that's, fancy that's internet cool. lodges, you know, somewhere up north would be a great candidate yeah. for this. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how my, my uh, form went for this month. <laughs> see how my AI works on that. <coughs> but uh, you're right. And there's, 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 I think there's some good things, but you just, I think you need to be careful, as you said, right? As, yeah. as we look at uh, ethics and, and how we're going to work to that. And, and even when the AI starts to, to form itself, you know, how do you uh, ensure that it doesn't go over that, that boundary? Well, and 
like at, at the end of the day, how much do you trust the AI? Models drift. Models need constant vetting and retraining. And yeah, like it just gets with it gets the more calculations a system does without human intervention, the more complex and the more potential bias it has in it. Now, I know that that human intervention also contains bias, bias, but yeah. um, you know, uh, there's a comment in the chat about quantum computing. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, if you, <clears throat> you know, if you think of AI decisions being made now at the speed of light, like, that's it's gonna get bad. Like, yeah. So a million so made in one, you know, algorithm or model, and now being done in a fraction of the original time. Mm -hmm. And then you put a Monte Carlo simulation on top of that, do two more, and then you see where you're doing. Yeah, right. and then it gets really bad. So it, it's like I I think the worst part is when you start talking about nesting, different AI, and then you see crossover from different. Planes. And you talked about that earlier when you talk about nesting. Could you imagine now when you have quantum computing and you're nesting a bunch of different things? That's, uh, you know, we're going to so, want to make sure we know how we store data. Let's just put it that way. All right. So what if, um, what if you had a Hiram in your pocket, right? You had a virtual assistant for masonry that, uh, you know, if you, if you yeah, travel. It's called Amity. Keep going. Close. No. What? Okay. Amity on steroids. Amity on AI. Right. What if? Amity on steroids. Right. What yeah. if you're traveling? Right. And it's just no, hey, just to let you know, um, there's a lodge that's five miles away that's having a meeting tonight. You don't need to search for it. It yeah. it comes to you because it yeah. knows it knows you're traveling out out of your local area and it pops that up. Is that is that truly AI though, or is that just a like if it's context proximity? Proximity locator based on if it's context. It ha I'm saying multiple variables that it, it considers uh, to make that yes. recommendation. Okay, decision, right. Not just here's the closest if it, one. If it do. read your vacation, or if it read a business trip off of your calendar, in which you didn't have any dinners scheduled, mm -hmm. and then cross reference that with your GPS data. Right. Mm -hmm. And your hotel booking and the flight booking. Yeah. You know where you're going to be. And did you rent a car? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Will the app tell you what the lodge is having for dinner? You don't need to. It is a st statistically significant um, correlation between lodges having dinner and lodging, lodges having green beans for that dinner. That is true. Yes. That is so, near 100%. That is. Yes, that's, that a, a, that's, a, that's a certain thing. We don't do green beans in Canada. Good. So don't say that too loud. Joe's going to move up to. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's going to move north. That's right. Just because you know green beans once. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, John, didn't you get some green beans recently? I, I did. They were delicious. So there's probably an algorithm in that. There's an algorithm that. that so let's go back to the, the bigger. Hand. Let, so, let's let's get to let's get to yeah. the punchline then, Jason. Uh, consciousness. Yeah. Consciousness. consciousness. So when we talk about truly artificial consciousness, we are talking about that that last echelon of AI, which is the artificial super intelligence. Um, 
It is intelligence that mimics human mimics and or exceeds human consciousness in a way where it is indistinguishable includes emotional response that fungibility of concept cross disciplines that, that you pointed out earlier. Yeah. Um, is there ever a case where if we cannot distinguish between an artificial consciousness and a human consciousness, would there be a case for ever considering an artificial consciousness were a worthy brother or worthy of receiving the degrees? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mind immediately goes to the landmarks, right? So what are, could you construct an artificial consciousness that adheres to um, the landmarks in general or, you know, Grand Lodge specific landmarks, right? Um, you know, so okay. So let's just call it out, right? Some of these are include, you know, um, you know, must believe in a supreme being, um, and must be well recommended. That's that's pretty easy. Usually recommended by the designer. <laughs> um, believe you know, believe in a supreme being. Right? If if uh, if the AI can believe in its creator, Jason Richards, then then depending on the looser definition of of supreme being in other jurisdictions. What if, what if the AI is manifesting its own consciousness and the AI believes itself believes in to itself. be the higher power? I think we've seen that. There might have been. I mean, it's called narcissism, but yes. <laughs> well, that too. Maybe a Star Trek, Star Trek episode exactly. somewhere. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah that's, so that's the AI is Q. Mm -hmm. If the AI, AI is Q, there's a lot of letters. Um, mm -hmm. We have a landmark. Well, it's I guess it's not really a landmark, but just the it must be a male in the fraternity, right? So uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I can so I think Google Assistant glad. voice right now into to a male voice. So when he, so. This gets into a really interesting topic of conversation today that I that I don't want to broach too much into just because it's it's a hot topic. But there's a gender is a complex conversation, uh, a complex identification um, these days, and so you know the the question really becomes a. a you know, both a philosophical and a biological one of absent a corporeal form, or perhaps a corporeal form if you're in Japan. Um, you know, can could an AI consciousness assign itself gender? I I don't know. It's like Would forty it, chess right there. Yeah. Would it, would it want to? Would it see the need? Yeah, exactly. If, if, if there was, need. if it was required training data to get into Freemasonry, right, right. Yeah, but still, you're an AI. Mm -hmm. you know, if that if that is like if that's the path, right? Because otherwise, 
you're going to learn <laughs> that you won't get into Freemasonry if that's a different question. That's that's yeah. The first question that Jason was asking was would would it, would an AI uh, require to decide if it needed identification using the, the sex? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that if that is a criteria upon entry, then then it would logically follow that the to get to the the outcome that it's trying to get to, it, it would it would actually assign itself. So that brings me back article I read a couple weeks ago. I'm going to have to find it, um, where there have been studies that have shown that there have been AIs that have taught themselves to cheat <laughs> because it more easily enables them to, to, the end to get to the desired outcome. Right. Amazing that would ever happen. Just like lying on your petition. AI <laughs> and a five-year-old kid have a lot in common. Yes. Yes. No, I didn't do that. Or 35-year-old man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so yeah. then, yeah, could, that's so a difficult. Could, there's, a, there's a lot of those little topics and subtopics as you get closer mm -hmm. to say, could AI become, you know, indistinguishable from human consciousness? Mm -hmm. Well, there's that. I'm just thinking, should, should or could they ever become, you know, a Mason, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, so, there's so enough of those nuances of across the board, right? <laughs> we talked about landmarks. We talked about there's certain things in each of our jurisdictions that you have to have done. Right. Okay. You're over the over the year uh, age of 21. Okay, Mr. Neural Network, how, yeah. how do you work on that? Is that hours, mm -hmm. days, teraflops per second? Like I know through something through decisions made, right? Yes, they, they've made more decisions. You base the maturity off of the uh, the number of neural networks and the complexity of the decision making framework. Oh. Imagine sending that to Grandma. Hey, can you uh, pick that? <clears throat> the first uh, algorithm just needs to have run in 2001, and you're good. So, right. Don't make me feel that old, dude. Yes, that's not that that long ago. It's really not that long ago. Yeah, that's true. And neural networks have arrived, been around since then, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, AI as a discipline's been around since the late 50s, as yeah, a as a computer science discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Good old 386. Yes. Nice. Using Q and X. Remember that? No. I don't. I don't. Okay. Never mind. That's I have 386. Real-time operating system in Unix. Yeah. Nice. Never mind. Anyway. I'm not a programmer, though, so I got to yeah. pass on that one. Anyway. I can, I can work out, like, Hello World and Python, and that's about all I can Come do. Come on. I can do that. Do in Visual Studio. I'll show you later. Import space arc by. That's all I know. Nice. So, so if those are the kind of the barriers, what would... So we talk about you know, the concept of doing it. How, how, how do our Grand Lodges even get crap? Yeah. That would be fun to watch. Just saying. I, I, see, I'm not I think of, you're right. Part, I mean, part of AI, part of AI training, too, is the edge cases. Looking looking at the mm -hmm. the things that are, don't follow the, the easy black or white answers, but that go beyond that. So again, like this is what Tesla's doing right now. Every time they... Um, uh, they do their their autopilot, and the uh, user has to take over the wheel to avoid something in the road. Guess what? That never happens. It never happens. But but it, hypothetically, if it ever did, then 
taking taking over that ac- actually sends the uh, snapshot of data of what happened back to Tesla, so it, it trains trains that uh, thing. So um, the same thing would be true in in Freemasonry. So what I'm thinking about that, it, as far as edge cases go, is we have tons of edge cases in Freemasonry. Tons of edge cases. When you read stories about women that got initiated uh, because they had overheard, you know, uh, a lodge meeting, or you hear about, um, you know, uh, transgender issues uh, between yes. between states, right, or between jurisdictions. That yep. you know, there have been edge cases that that. Uh, Either violate the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law, and vice versa. Right? I mean, so there's there's all this this wiggle room to play with that have already existed today. Right? These are not hypotheticals; they've actually happened. And so, yeah. To then say, uh, because I, I'm a big guy, like any, looking at precedent, right? I want not to that see. Big of a... uh, you know, I'm a big guy That's on precedent. So if someone says, "Hey, um, should we allow this?" I'd say, "Where have we seen it before?" Right. And if mm-hmm. I if you can show me a case that something similar or, or, or like that has happened before, then I think it's open for uh, for allowing it or you know at least adhering to the results of, of the previous uh, case. So, and John, one of the things that I think would be a great thing about this would be it would force Freemasonry as an institution to make this and and really dive into some of these edge cases because you know you ask well how would how would grand lodge react to this i think a lot of masonic leadership tends to either shut stuff down entirely or just ignore the situation and pass it off to the next you know guy in the grand east and if if there were a way to her game out you know, all of the edge cases of Freemasonry, I think it would be a boon to leadership to be able to see potential scenarios and how they might play out. All right, so all I'm asking for... To the betterment of our organization. All I'm asking for is an AI-created, real-time educational program that meets the time constraints and actually uh, gives... A knowledge that's based on all the attendees' interest level, and and gets them some way that they can leave being a better man through mason, through masonry after that that meeting. Good, cheap, and fast. Pick one. That's right. Okay. That triangle of happiness. The yeah. triangle of happiness. Good. I cheap, mean, fast. usually they say pick two. Pick two. But I'm being very realistic here. You pick one. Might get. I'll just be happy with any education. Okay, here we go. Let's get to uh, wrapping things up, and we'll start with Jason and Brother Nicholas and ask. Probably, I guess the uh, the big elephant in the room. Would you accept a well-trained AI that had met all the landmarks, that had met all the criteria, to go through a a recognized jurisdictions? Um, initiation process would you accept them as a brother and if so why and if not why not? <laughs> brother nicholas see i knew why not oh um there's there's a way you ask that question though that i think makes it a much easier answer but i'll let you go okay thanks thinking on the fly 
Um, I'm going to say no. And and I still want um, the ability for us. So I'm going to ask it. I'm going to spin it to you differently. Mm -hmm. So if we let AI come, how do we then enlighten AI on its own path when now it's sitting as AI? How does it get, you know, we use the bad catchphrase, make a good man better. How do you make AI even better now that you've let AI in? to become a mason. Well, you, you, feed, you feed him this book, then you feed him that book. Of then, yeah, then you feed him this book, then you feed him that book, then you feed him that book. Well, so that's what I mean. So yeah, I think I think the the idea of having a cognizant, you know, like let's use Q as an example. I don't, I don't want Q and Lodge with me. Because you would also remove all the emotional <laughs> components. Which would be good because then we wouldn't have all those other. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of drama sometimes. <laughs> so, and then what would it do? It depends, though. Well, the emotional piece that you put in on the cross matrix. Yes, so I, I got strong, that. Strong, strong AI is intrinsically designed to have that emotional construct as well. Yeah, it's like data with the emotion chip. Nice, good reference. So, if it's close to data with the emotion chip, I'm okay. We just we should have another. I, and we should talk to Brett Springer or whatever. I think that was his last name. Data. For Brett, Brett Spiner. 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 Okay. Yeah, that guy. But uh, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. What's that? That's you, my Jason? answer. So the way you ask the question, the way you ask the question is, if an AI met all the landmarks for initiation and essentially was initiated, would you accept an AI construct as a brother? And I would say, if the AI construct were admitted and initiated in a regular lodge, that makes it a very easy conversation. So, yes, they are, you know, they are a member of, you know, a regular jurisdiction. Now, where Nicholas is going, I respect where you're going. Um, so I'm not going to wrong off the bat. I'm okay. <laughs> I think we are very much still thinking in the construct of AI as it is today, mm -hmm. um, which is weak AI or, or artificial narrow intelligence. Um, as we progress to a point where artificial consciousness either exceeds or is indistinguishable from human consciousness. I think that opens the door to accept again, provided that those landmarks are met to the satisfaction of the governing body and jurisdiction in Freemasonry. Um, you know, there are different, um, <clears throat> you know, there are different, you know, rules of entry for different grand jurisdictions. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, uh, taking kind of the low hanging fruit example, um, you know, when Tennessee, uh, yeah, just where I was going to go, members of the LGBTQ community from membership, um, that is not the case in DC. And so, you know, if a, if a member of that community is a brother who is initiated in DC and then goes to Tennessee, 
a Tennessee Mason yeah, so, that and has that, and the, with Realogic DC, except has yeah, to accept, accept that. that. And that was the yeah, that was the the negative edge case, right? Of uh, of it got denied mm-hmm. in one place, but yet um, it was allowed in another place, and so. Another thing that was interesting about that case uh, recently was the that um, there was some pulling of recognition, but only from Grand Lodge officers and not of the brothers themselves. Uh, I don't know if, it, if that was related mm-hmm. to the same case or not, right? Um, so again, the ability to travel yes. was would be interesting too, um, because it's it's a way to uh, be brotherly and, and respect this as a universal fraternity while still having the diplomatic challenges of recognition um, despite every jurisdiction doing it just a little bit differently depending on their code. Mm-hmm. Freemasonry is a United Nations. Yeah. As and, long as you belong to a, a member country that's recognized by enough members. Uh, so yeah, Castle Isle Virtual Lodge, for example, right? That you have uh, the ability to create a virtual lodge that is not on and most, wait a minute, it doesn't seem regular. I'm like, look, list of lodges yeah, it's Masonic. A, it's right there. It's in the book. It and you have to like shove it in their nose for them to <laughs> accept it. So the same, yeah. the same will absolutely be true if we okay. ever got to one. All it takes is one, one recognized jurisdiction to um, to, to recognize uh, an AI brother, and then uh, then the fun yeah. begins. And I, I would say the other thing too is is what value does that AI brother bring to the fraternity? Holy smokes. Mm. Uh, let me just say, I'll put my bet on the It AI. knows the optimal way to yes. take good men and make them better. Oh, oh okay. And make green beans. Oh, and make oh, green yeah. beans. Yes, Perfect obviously. green beans every time. <gasps> every meal. Based on... So what it will do is it will take into account the individual tastes of the lodge members. Right. And come up with an optimal preparation of green beans, which will be canned and soggy. With dried chicken. <laughs> nice. How did you know what we're having tomorrow? All right. Good stuff. Thank you, brothers. Uh, I guess it's over to me. And let's yes. see. Over to you. So, John, what do you think? What do did I think? Do Thank you. What do I do? Um, yes. And uh, I think you, under obvious, you know, clear criteria and conditions, I wouldn't just let anything through. But. Um, would I accept something that had already been recognized by another jurisdiction as a brother? Absolutely. Um, He's already submitted a petition for his Tesla. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Sophia is going to going to be uh, uh, initiated next week. So the yeah, there's going to be there's be a lot of huge caveats that go with that, right? Because I'd want to I'd want to make sure that I mean again, what what makes you and I brothers as far as the the literal the the uh, exoteric the the uh, the letter of the law and then there's the spirit of the law right um, how can mm-hmm. we have this tie that binds right and we have other than just being a dues card carrying member there's something else behind that that we've all gone through the same initiatic experience that we've have a shared experience that we've um, mm-hmm. we we see the world through a different lens. And so I guess it's I guess what I'm saying is it's twofold that it, it has the did it follow all the laws <laughs> of masonry to be compliant with that in in whatever way shape or form but then on the below the surface 
uh, could I have a conversation with it? You know, could could it could it it me working with it make me a better person? Just the same way that you know when I when I see you guys, yeah. that it makes me a better person uh, to be with you. So um, yeah. that would that would be that would be my my first and second pass on that. I think it you know literally yeah. I mean if you follow the rules, come on in. Then after that, are you are you really a brother? Then that's where the fun begins. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, this was a fascinating conversation. Uh, thank you, Brother Nicholas, for coming down and uh, enjoying uh, hopping in hop, uh, on the conversation. That was a lot of fun. Jason, I love you, big nerd. And for all of you watching, uh, keep searching for more light. Have a good night.